I thought you were doing the uh, no. the Warner Brothers. That's all, folks. We're gonna be copyrighted. Welcome to the Kindred Spirit Podcast, a show all about the board game Spirit Island. Here we'll talk about analytics and strategies within the game, as well as a plethora of other topics that can be found within it. I'm Ryan with John again. Hey guys. And we are concluding our top two. Top two. With the hype list. And y'all can figure out who they are. But I just can't wait to finally conclude this because I'm so excited to talk about the people we are most passionate about. Where do the chips fall? Where do they fall? Alrighty, here we go. Alrighty. Now, I can't remember. Who's leading us off? I think... Wait. I oh, think wait. it might be you, good sir. I am. I am leading us off, because I did It can be me if you want to. No, it's fine. It's totally fine, because I left us off with Lure of Deep Wilderness, so now I get to lead us off with our number two! Two, 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 two. Echo. Alrighty, so my number two. Downpour oh! drenches the world. This guy... Oh, goodness. I cannot wait for this dude. I remember when they first originally released some stuff about this guy, some very early information about this dude. And the first thing I heard was a character who repeats powers. Mm. And I was hooked right then and there. Why? Well, guys, I am a minor power specialist. I love minor powers. I am definitely a minor power user. I definitely like underkilling versus overkilling where i can do a little bit but i can do it everywhere versus doing a lot but only in one spot that's the kind of play style i really appreciate you never like overkill i really hate wasting uh... overkill and that's just my preference that's just my play style because wasted damage wasted damage makes me feel so inefficient Mm. but if i'm doing a little bit but i'm doing it everywhere at least i am never overkilling never it's always being used could I use more damage? Maybe, probably, usually, but I never went overboard. Yeah. I never wasted it. You know what I mean? So downpour drenches the world. I was like, oh my goodness, all I do is minor powers. Even before I heard anything else, I was like, well, what I would do if I was playing that spirit, I would gain all my minor powers, which I already do already, and play them again and again yeah. and again and again and again. Because I'm guessing if you repeat them, you're going to have to pay for it. And since they're already cheap, then you can just go and repeat, 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 repeat. And of course, there are many zero-costing cards in the game. That do a lot. Defend five right. or do damage or remove blights. Like yep. all these zero-one energy minor powers. Yep. And if you can repeat them, how strong can this yep. guy get? So this guy only starts with one presence on the board. He mm. does have a lot to upgrade. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yep, all twelve. So and he has one, two, three, four, five. He has six that he has to upgrade on his presence track, which, as we described last episode, is more like his element track. Yep. So this is a guy who has a lot more ground to cover on his tech trees. But that's okay, because as we said before, this guy has a wonderfully coveted array of presence-placing growth options. This guy places a lot of presence with his various growth actions. And we said it last episode, but just look at that. His second one gives you two, and his third one gives you one. And his first one, while not giving you a presence, lets you move one. 
this guy is going to be so incredibly mobile. And I think that even when fully upgraded naturally, he has two energy and three card play when fully upgraded. At first, that sounds so ridiculously bad. <laughs> so ridiculously bad. And I love it. I love it. Why? Because this is someone who Definitely relies... Definitely not a keeper of the Forbidden Wilds or something. Nope. But I love, love characters with low energy gain and high card play. If I see someone and it's like 10 card play, zero energy a turn, I'm like, yes! Give that to me! Yeah. Because I don't really care about energy. There's a slew of minor powers that are really effective that you can just do over and over and over again. And with this guy, you can do that literally. But people with low energy gain and high card play, they typically have ways of using their innates or using their hand of cards, which if someone has low energy gain, almost all the time, all their cards are ridiculously cheap. Look at Rampant Green, who has terrible energy gain and really high card play. He has zeros, he has ones, and he has a single card that's two. Look at Sharp Fangs. Yeah. Same deal. He has terrible energy gain, really high card play with Reclaim 1. Two spirits has, that you really like. Who I love. Yeah. And those guys have high card play and low energy gain, but those cards that they can play are like zero energy cost or one or sometimes two. This guy is no different. This guy is really bad energy gain and really bad card play. But three is respectable once you realize that you're going to be repeating one of those three like two, three times. Mm -hmm. So with repeating one card three times and playing two other cards, that's like five or six card play. So to me, that's not really bad. Furthermore, when you look at his cards, one of them is free and the rest of them are one energy. That's not Very bad. Very cheap. So to me, one thing that's really cool about using a character that has an answer for some of their problems, I feel as if I'm playing them so efficiently. Because you need to rely on your basic passive special rules and innate powers to make yourself function. And I love that. It makes me feel more immersed. And some people might not like that because they might feel as if they are less flexible as a spirit and they have to be, oh, your gameplay is a bit more streamlined into one or two certain areas is because you know it's not as flexible mm -hmm. or whatnot i personally really like it because i'm all about that experience and i feel immersed in it and when i'm green and i have to rely on my passives and my innate in order to be effective instead of just card plays i feel as if i accepted that role of that guy much better than someone mm. who just had some special rules and i maybe found a few cards that complemented my style so remember that one game where we've actually had two games now where once I was Earth and once I was green, and only at the very end did I ever get a new card. Uh, major? And power? I did, correct. Okay. But I never gained another major power. My basic style in those games, I went the whole game pretty much without ever having a new card. And we won. And I think that's actually a pretty unique challenge that I would say. What if you guys did a game where you're not allowed to use any new majors? Oh, that'd be difficult. I like the other way where I kind of usually get two or three minor powers almost to have them to discard or to forget a power yep. so I can get a major. Right. And the challenge I said, you can't gain majors. You can still get minors. If you right. want to go even further and be like, you can't gain new power cards, Ooh. I would still accept that. Who would I pick? I'd pick either green or earth. Okay. Because that one game with earth, I literally didn't grab anything. Yeah. And I was fantastic at the very end. The only card I got was because someone was playing as memory and I was able to get one without having yeah, to forget. Yeah, someone gave you it, right? <laughs> My point being, me as a player, I love to make it work without having to get new stuff with the character. I feel as if that's harder because if someone has a weakness, then, oh, so long as you found a card that complemented your weakness, you're okay. But if you can find a way to complement your weakness without having to go and grab something new that completely perfectly yangs to your yin mm -hmm. and you can go and fix that with a new card, 
so you can go and make it work even without grabbing any help. I feel as if that's harder to do. It is. And I feel a sense of accomplishment when I do that. And so the characters that do that are, in my experience, low energy, high card play people. Like Fangs. Everyone complains, Fangs is only good at the beginning of the game. Fangs has so many spots, you know, that you can't use can't because go to Blighted, Blighted Lands. Lands. And I've told you about my loopholes of getting into Blighted Lands yeah, and getting people smart. out of there and whatnot. And we can get into that once we get to the analysis of Sharp Fangs behind the leaves. My point being is... Guys, every single spirit of this game is capable of an S-tier performance, and that means whatever their weakness is, in my opinion, there is a way that you can circumnavigate your negative aspect of yourself, not eliminating it completely, but still find success in a way that you do have a glaring weakness. And I love that challenge. I love that thematic acceptance of identity with each character of making it work, even though you didn't have to change who you are. I know that it's within the game's aspect that you can teach a old dog new tricks, but you can't change who you are. Mm-hmm. That's why your innate powers are always with you while your powers can be forgotten. That's why even if you're downpour the spirit of rain and you learn to do some damage because of major power cards or other cards that you acquired, you still can always do rain and mud suppress conflict, and you can always do water nourishes life's growth because you're still at your core a water spirit. You can still do Look your innate. Look how much innates. water you can get if you're this fully upgraded. Guy can get. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight water in one turn. In one turn. As well as an air, an earth, and a plant. Eight water. Eight in one turn. Now, he gets six of that water naturally when he's fully upgraded, but I don't think it's going to be too hard to get fully upgraded with this guy because everything you do except for your reclaim lets you place a presence. Now, because this guy is constantly gaining new power cards, you might not be reclaiming too much, although your second option can be so great for a burst turn, and they have even said that themselves, and I totally agree. Because not only do you get two presents, which means you get to upgrade twice, but you gain two water, which feeds into your pour down across the island special rule that we talked about earlier which allows you to get more energy or you can get another repeat on a card that you are playing this turn but you also have to discard two power cards and this is why his second growth option isn't ridiculously op it's just gotta be calculated that's yep. all he's got so what am i going to be doing i'm going to be doing his third one a lot a lot that's probably going to be my go-to when i need a burst turn i'll do the second one and when i'm completely out of cards i'll go ahead and do my first one which gets me my reclaim. Can we talk about Gift of Abundance? I think it's... We're getting there. I want to talk there. about it. There. I saved that for you. Yep. So one thing that's really awesome about this guy is just a ridiculous amount of water that he gets. And where I'm going with that is with his pour down across the island, for every two water elements that you have to a maximum of five, you can either A, gain one energy, or B, you can repeat a land targeting power card. Land targeting means that he can't do something that targets another spirit. So Gift of Abundance, he can only do once. He can't repeat that one. And if he did, it would be ludicrously OP. Yeah, it just makes sense. Yep, it makes sense. Yep. But I love the idea that since he's getting so much water on his energy track, two water elements equals one energy. So if you look, the moment he gets two energy on his presence track, he has already unlocked two water elements, which means that that two can actually be a functioning three so long as you use that two elements as gain one energy with your pour down across the island. And all his cards have the water element. And every single one of his cards has the water element. And most of them have air, except for one. 
but you could definitely do this challenge i think of only using these four cards i think you could do it because look at what they can do they can go ahead and defend one of them isolates using isolation multiple times is going to be huge we've already kind of seen a peek behind the curtain with me using finder and yep. with the innate of using <laughs> isolation it is so clutch stopping it at the root stopping yeah. the infection where yep. it begins isolation is so great because whether you are isolating a land that people are going to go to or isolating from. a land that someone is going to come from it is super super effective and so this guy oh and england where you know they have that rule if there's two adjacent yes. buildings there's an extra build in that land but if the land is isolated it doesn't count the stupid build the stupid build <laughs> that's what we call what it if the land is just adjacent to nothing right nothing this guy would be huge against Right, this guy is going to be fantastic against England, I think. I'm excited for multiple ways, so let's keep going. Yes. I think this guy is going to pair so well with other water spirits. We can have a four-person team with Team Water. Okay. Team Water being River, Ocean, Downpour, and Shroud of Silent Mist. Every single one of them has something to do with wetlands. This guy has a special rule that we, in last episode, described. Drench the landscape. Spirits treat your presence as wetlands. You can make lands into wetlands. Now, there are many cards in this game that can only come from a certain land or be targeted in another land. There are cards in this game where, for instance, Tiger's Hunting is a really fun card, but can only come from a jungle. There are other cards, like Pyroclastic Flow, which must come from a mountain, and it does two damage and you get to destroy all explorers, but if it's jungle or wetlands, other things happen. My point being, there are certain lands that have additional effects based on where they are, or just cannot even be done unless it's a specific land. Talons of Lightning, one of my favorite cards, can only be done in a mountain or a wetland. So, my point being that since this guy makes other lands wetlands, there are a slew of cards that already exist in the game, as well as others that haven't even been released yet, that can be used now in a land that normally it would not be used in, because this guy made it a wetland in addition to what it was already. I always hate it when I'm trying to remove blights, and my card's like, only in a wetland or something. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, this yep. is a sand. Uh, Darn it! And dang like, it. guys, we need to remove this blight. Yeah. Like, I can't. And you're like, that's why this card was so cheap. Because wow, a blight removing card for one? Oh, it can only be in jungles and sands. <laughs> if he can make something into something else. Right. Huge. It's huge. And you'll notice when you look at his cards, every single one of them has to do something with wetlands where wetlands make it better. He's not exaggerating. So it's every single one. His one card is you get to cause fear and you get to do defense and push to Han. But if it's a wetland, you get to isolate it as well. Another one simply has to be done from a wetland. You can isolate a target land and then push explorers into Han. It can go in any land, but it must come from a wetland. Gift of Abundance, which I will get to in a little bit, is very synergetic with wetlands, and I will explain that in a few minutes. And his damage dealing card does two damage to buildings unless it's in a wetland. Then it does damage to every building. Huge. So his own cards mean that since they use wetlands so much, you are going to be wanting Sacred Sites, because Sacred Sites simply make lands into wetlands. Now, the reason why this guy is going to be so great for Team Water is because every single person on Team Water uses wetlands somehow. River can put one presence into a wetland, and then it counts as a sacred site for her. Ocean, he can go and make lands wetlands based on where he's at. Yep. It sounds like it's not a big deal. It is. But there are so many things here and there where a certain card is now legal, a certain effect is now legal because he did that. 
Furthermore, Mist can only spawn his presence on A, where he already is, or B, a mountain or wetland. So what if there's a sand that you're not at yet, but this guy, Mr. Downpour Drench of the World, has a sacred site there. Well, you can now spawn there. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to me that if you have a team that all benefits from wetlands, you have a guy that can spawn wetlands, which I think is really cool. I would love to do Team Water. I'm really curious, on Team Water, who would you want to be? I, I know that you love every single one of the water spirits. I love every single water spirits. I always find myself playing River, so yeah. it's almost like maybe I wouldn't play River. River is criminally underrated. Oh, anyway. So good. Anyway, I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, yeah, when we're talking about River, I love all the cards. Low energy, other than the one where it's like if you target coastal land, you get a bonus yeah. damage. And the innate is one of the strongest, especially if you can get to massive flooding, if you can get oh, to the, no. the highest tier of that innate. Of yep. Just like two damage to every invader. If you guys haven't seen it yet, if River gets her hands on the major power called Cleansing Flood, it's one of the coolest things ever. Because it's, it's like 14 damage. But I would play Downpour. Just because yeah. I... And I would do Mist. Yeah. Yep. So Laura would probably do Ocean. Ocean. Laura loves Ocean. Yep. And then you yeah. can just have someone else come in and play River. Which, trust me, is very good and very beginner friendly. And that might be fun. Oh, man. Now that we have 12 more spirits coming in, we are able to better make thematic teams. And this is one of them. So, anyway, that's just his water track. He has this one card called Gift of Abundance. I think might become this the best is, cards in the game. So far, there are two cards, in my opinion, that are S-tier or even double S-tier. Okay. In my opinion, and this might be the third. Not that I've ranked every single card in this game, but there are a lot of characters in this game that have a card or an ability, usually it's a card, that is a team helpful ability. It is helpful to someone else on their team. Sometimes it will be a gift of something or a boon of something. The other two cards that I thought were either S or double S tier are Gift of Proliferation and Lightning's Boon. They are very simple, I agree. but the ramifications of what they do are huge, huge. Gift of Proliferation makes another spirit put a presence on the field at range one of where they already are. Sounds simple. Sounds simple, but placing a presence is so useful for A, getting another presence out there so that range requirements are a bit easier, B, for making perhaps something into a sacred site, C, for card requirements that needs you to have a sacred site, D, from going ahead and getting one of your presence tracks upgraded, which, by the way, that's probably, in my opinion, the best. The Upgrading highest, yeah. someone. Because then one of your stats your just got better. You're getting stronger. And then E, so long as you're someone who does something unique, there's an effect that happens when you place presence, like Wildfire. You can do damage when you place a presence. So that card is huge. So Gift of Proliferation is one of those ones where someone, if green is on the field... Someone else is always asking, hey, have you played that card? Hey, have you played the card? Hey, do you have it? Hey, do you have that one? Hey, do you have that one? Furthermore, the next one, Lightning's Boon. Another simple one. Target Spirit can play two cards that are slow as if they were fast. Sounds simple. It sounds so simple, but this card spurs so many slow characters into higher efficiency tiers of awesomeness. For instance, Earth. Guys, if Lightning is playing Lightning's Boon on Earth, turn after turn in a game, Earth will seem like such a Dahan using powerhouse, yeah. perhaps. That's what we did that one we game. We did. Oh my goodness, this card is so simple. It is so addicting. When you have a card that you can do that's slow and you can do that card fast, how many times have you seen something, a problem area showed up that you didn't see coming? Like, oh crap, I didn't see this. Oh shoot, what can I do? What can I do? Okay, I can do this. <gasps> it's slow. 
damn it. And it's usually a damage power. I right. noticed, like, quick. De- defend is fast, usually damage is slow. usually slow power. And so if you can quickly do damage, quickly do damage, really quick, before the bad guys do something, that is so or clutch. Or push. A lot of times push right. is slow. How many times have you seen someone else when lightning's on the field? Another human player who's saying, hey, do you have lightning spoon? Hey, do you have that card? Hey, do you have that Every card? Every time you play lightning. <laughs> so now that we have sufficiently described why I think Gift of Proliferation and lightning's boon is so awesome... I really think that this card, this third new card from Downpour called Gift of Abundance is like those other cards Get and will it. join them. Go, go, go. Gift of Abundance is a one-costing fast power that says target spirit either gains two energy or may repeat one power card this turn by playing its cost. Both are amazing. Two energy? Yeah. So right there, it's really good. Already really good. that's where it was. Sorry, by paying its cost. Not playing its cost. By paying its cost. So even if that's all the card did, just giving energy or someone can repeat a card even by paying its cost. I know some people are turned off by the whole, oh, paying its cost thing. Guys, repeating a power card regardless of what it is is huge. Serious. Because so many cards are calibrated with their effectiveness and their energy cost by the fact that they can only be played once. So if you can repeat a card, that means that you are generally getting a higher energy economy from that card. So you're saying I can play Lightning's Boon twice? (laughs) I mean, think about that. Well, look what it says. Repeat one power card. It didn't say repeat a land targeting or power minor card. or major. What if this guy does Gift of Abundance on Gift of Proliferation? You upgrade twice. Dude. So if you have a team of Serpent, Green, and this dude, what Th- you can do is you can get, you can rain on Green, giving him water so that he can grow up, use Gift of Proliferation better and two presents, and then Green can take that two presents and give it to Serpent to upgrade twice. And then guess who's also helping other people? Serpent. What a so team! Serpent is... being the support, and then so turning around and helping them in like, return. It's like... That's the circle of life. It's like Downpour flies over the Green and rains on him, giving him energy for Green to go and grow roots to dive deep into the soil and start to spur serpents to wake up faster. Mm. So it's the water falls on the plant who digs into the rock to invigorate the serpent who has the plants growing on him who can then wake up and start giving his stuff to everyone. I think that is a wonderful three-person team. Oh, wait! I've only described half That's only of half? what Gift of what? Abundance does. But wait, there's more. <laughs> After you either give out energy or let someone repeat a power card, which by the way, I never talked about the fact that you give someone two energy while only losing one. Even if you target yourself, that's a gain of one. Because you spent one to play it, and you gained two. So it's a net gain of one. But hey, giving two energy right off the bat from game start, that's not bad. And it's fast. So that's really nice. Yeah. But the second half, then either you or target spirit may add a destroyed presence to a wetland where you have a presence. So I once said earlier that this card has synergies with wetlands. So the reason why you want wetlands is because whether it's for yourself or whether it's for a friend, they can get a destroyed presence back and place it on that wetland. So if you have a sacred site on a spot that's not a wetland, well, because you have a sacred site, it now counts as one, and thus you can repair somebody and get them their destroyed presence back. This is huge. There are only two characters that have ever been able to get their destroyed presence back, naturally. That being Green and that being Volcano. Now, Volcano hasn't come out yet, and Volcano has more strings attached because he can still only get two mountains. 
And this won't work on Vengeance because the moment he uses Gift of Fiery Vengeance, the one where the more presence he has destroyed, the more damage he does, that card is fantastic. But every time you use that card, you get rid of one of your destroyed presence from the game. It's not coming back. So this, this card, yeah, it's removed from the game. To read the beta version of that card in its entirety, because I mentioned it earlier, it says target spirit chooses one of their lands. One damage there per destroyed presence that spirit has. Then remove one of that spirit's destroyed presence from the game. So with Vengeance, you want to make sure you build up a lot before you really go ahead. Because the more and more you use that card, the worse it gets. Anyway, this is someone... But just in normal settings of playing the game, you're going to have destroyed presence. Either from events or ravaging or light. I mean, Finder, when I first figured out about Downpour, I'm like, my favorite player now has a chance to do damage and really bring back that destroyed presence. Right, that consequence isn't as bad anymore. It's not as bad. So this is someone who can bring back destroyed presence. What the heck? One of the reasons, guys, that Rampant Green is my favorite spirit is because he is beginner-friendly in the fact that he can get his stuff back. He's the only guy that can get his destroyed presence back. A little more difficult if the island is blighted. Sure, but that's something you can do. Yeah. And now we have another guy that can do it with this card. So this is something that is super awesome. I think S-tier. I agree with you. This card is absolutely amazing. With this guy and Finder, Downpour Drenches the World, and Finder Paths Unseen, you have Team Medic. Team Medbay. Why? This guy can get your presence back if you lost it, and then Finder can go and bring it back to the land that it used to be in. Mm. So what if you brought it back with Gift of Abundance? If you brought back that one guy's destroyed presence to a land where it wasn't originally... Hey, it's still back. I would still call that a win. But then Finder can be like, hey, where was it a moment ago? I'll move it. I'll move it there for you. Then Finder goes and grabs your freshly healed presence and places it back where it used to be. So if you guys want to bring in a new character, a new human player to play Spirit Island and they're losing presence all the time, one of you play Finder, one of you play Downpour and help this new player by covering their bases. Have one guy go crazy reckless and these two are just constantly patching him up. Oh, that'd be so fun. Or just have the new guy play Rampant Green. I hope you two are experienced because those are, well, obviously, Finder's very high that's complexity. That's not really a beginner-friendly strategy. But, okay. But that's something you can do. Yeah. I think that's so awesome. Oh, I love the card so much. Gift of Abundance. Let's not forget, this card is giving you four elements for the cost of one. Because you sun, air, water, and plant. And he desperately needs plant. It's the only card in his hand that gives him plant. Now, he cannot replay Gift of Abundance again with his innate. Because with Pour Down Power Across the Island, the power that allows him to repeat cards, it says repeat a land targeting power card. Which, again, is for balancing purposes. So what you need is if you had Earth with this guy, Earth just says repeat a power card that's one or less, or two, or three or less, or five or less, or whatever. This guy, since Gift of Abundance is one or less, this means that Earth can easily let him, him being Downpour, Earth can let Downpour play Gift of Abundance twice. Which means that Gift of Abundance can go and get more energy. Yeah. Or get more replays. Or get more people's destroyed presence back. So just the combos that this guy can do are seriously super good. There is one spirit that this guy can play with that I think is really well. And that is Shroud of Silent Mist. And I will get to that in a moment because when I describe it, it's going to be a little bit more on Shroud of Silent Mist's side of that relationship. But one aspect about this guy that I briefly spoke on is just his mobility. I'm not going to speak about it too much because it's pretty simple to understand. But look, he has three things that makes his presence move. That's a lot. Guys, there's a lot of characters in this game. It is not normal to even move one. This guy can move not just two, but he can move three. Yeah. 
That's a lot. That is so awesome. That's going to be so helpful to literally fly over certain spots in the land and just isolate here, isolate there, repeat that isolate. No matter what you're doing, this guy's gameplay varies a lot because of the fact that you can go and be so mobile, range requirements aren't going to be bad. Look at so many of his cards. Range zero, range zero, range zero. He has three. One of his innates is range zero, and two of his cards are range zero. But that's fine. Why? Because this guy can move, and one of those movements is A, his first card play upgrade, and B, another move is just one of his growth options. Whenever he reclaims, he gets to move. So that's at least two moves you can get pretty regularly. I might, if I were you guys, I might do the card play one first. Yes, water is fantastic, but I would do that one second because getting to move a presence, or within your first two turns, you will yes. have move one presence every single turn. And that's going to be so helpful for just like, nope, 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 nope. And once you get to move two every turn, that means you can move a sacred site. Moving think- sacred sites. Imagine if you had yeah. entwined power. Hey, all my stuff counts as yours. Let me just cast out on earth and move two of mine. Bam, look, defend three. Again, the combos. That's why I like the spirit so much. It's like there's so many opportunities. And we haven't down- even talked about this dude's innates. Just his specials. So the thing that's so great about this guy's innates, he has two. Rain and mud suppress conflict and water nourishes life growth. Both of these are fast and I love fast innates. So the first one, Rain and Mud Suppress Conflict, this one gives you defense for each of your presence that you have there, and it also lowers the counterattack damage. This is actually really interesting. Makes sense. Because it's making it harder for humans to damage each other, which is good, which means that invaders aren't doing as much damage to you, but it also means that Dahan aren't going to be counterattacking because their counterattack damage is also reduced by one. But at level one, each of your presence grants defend one, and lowers Dahan counterattack by one. At level two, it says each of your... It's the on, same On thing. mine, it says the same thing, but it has a different elemental threshold. Which is so, cool. Yeah, which, different means, ways which means you can get the same thing with different elements. Then at level three, it's two fear, and then this is huge. This is huge, guys. Cumulatively, with all the defense that you had already, I'm wondering if this ability stacks if you reach both of them mm. so that each of them defend two. Because in this game, they say that with your innates, with level 1 to level 2 to level 3, with subsequent levels, so long as the word instead isn't used, it is cumulative. So the way I read it, your level 2 and level 1 will stack so long as you have enough elements. So that means each one of your defend will be 2. I could be wrong on that, but I'm looking at a beta version of this guy, and maybe they add the word instead on his final I view it more, he's like, it's a suppression than a defend. Yeah, but his level 3 is 2 fear, then, since you're defending already with your level 1 and 2, there's a lot of defense, but humans have minus 1 health to a minimum of 1 in that land. This is going to be huge oh yeah point being this guy reduces the maximum health of people down so this is huge for people that do low damage two damage now equates to three right so one damage can now take out a town this is gonna be fantastic with mist i was gonna say mist and then mist green is go- too so mist and this guy are ridiculously similar in my opinion They're both incredibly mobile water-based people that do a little bit of damage in spots. And this guy can What do you know? They're in your top two. And what do you know? I was going to make my following comment when I got to my number one, but I may as well make it here and just say it again at level one. Downpour and Mist, I think, are going to be a fantastic combo. Yes. For a lot of reasons. They're both incredibly mobile. They're very similar. They have pretty much the exact same growth options. They both have three options. The first one is Reclaim. The second one gives two presents. And the third one gives you another presence. In that way, they are the exact same. Just with different numbers and different values. They both have a way that they can use elements to gain 
more energy. One guy, so long as it's not fire, you gain energy. And so long as you're milking bad guys for energy, you can get more that way. This guy, he's getting elements to stack them and gain more energy because of the elements that he's stacking. Both of these guys have elemental tools at their disposal that let them get bonus stuff. The other guy is, so long as he is draining people of life, he gets more energy and fear. This guy is gaining more water and getting more energy and repeats. Mm -hmm. So that kind of mindset is very, very similar. Oh, in my the synergy opinion. is great. In my opinion, that's very similar. Furthermore, if this guy can reduce all the health of bad guys in one land, well, guess what? No one's attacking. No one's defending. Nothing's happening. You have additional fear and people have lower health. Well... Silent Mist doesn't really do a ton of damage. He does a little bit of damage over time. Because I didn't so, touch his innate. Okay. Right. Shroud of Silent Mist is so wonderful for all the nickel and dime damagers. And so since this guy makes it easier for people to get killed, that guy can come in with his oh, nickel so and dime fun. damage. And that nickel and dime damage, that little bit here, a little bit there, looks a lot better when everyone's overall health is less. So this guy is perfect for England because isolation, like you said, is very anti-England. Yep. This guy has A, ways to make buildings have less health and B, have isolation effects that stop that stupid build. And I don't know if people have been listening, but we talked about our second wave campaign that we were doing oh. against England mm -hmm. and we had to stop it because we ran out of spirits to play oh. and guess who's coming up? You know we what I just realized? Use, we can use downpour in our next game. Dude. Dude. Four player team with lightning, mist. downpour, mist, and lure. Why? Lure downgrades a city into a lot of explorers. Yep. Then you can ignore the explorers so they're not doing a whole lot of damage. This guy lowers all the health of buildings. And defense. And defense. Mist is so controlling. Mist can funnel more people into a spot. It can gather its own presence. And now that land is full of people. But it is full of explorers. I think with that quartet of four people, you can have like 10 explorers in a land, Raging Storm. Boom. Finally All makes it, it worth that three energy. All of it. <laughs> then any building that is left is A, not healing because of mist. B, has less health because of downpour. And C, Lure is in there with a lot of tokens and does all the rest of that damage that he didn't have to spend on explorers and gets rid of the cities. Or D, Lightning exploded it because <laughs> of Lightning's innate. So that is actually a very strong team. That could be pretty dope. I'm really excited to see that. I think even just Lure and Lightning. All those just... people are available for a second wave. Lightning oh, we still have. It is. It's true. Anyway. Anyway, his last innate power, Water Nourishes Life's Growth. This one, as long as you have the enough elements, level one is you gain an energy and you may remove a blight by removing one of your Ooh, presents. That one now, really makes you think because you can't bring that presence back if it's no, removed. No, you can't. Not that it's removed. There are cards that let you get removed presence back, but not destroyed presence back. So he can get rid of destroyed, not removed. It's harder. Now, luckily, it says you may do it. Which I like, obviously. Yes. So gain one energy, I'm a fan. Remove a blight by removing one of your presents, not a fan. And sometimes you have to. You're like, guys, if yeah. we were going to get blighted island, if we don't. Late game, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Level two, you gain another energy, and you can gather some to Han. Two energy right there. Two energy. He needs it. He needs it bad. At level three, I love this. When blight would be added to the land, don't. You leave it on the card. Huge. 
you were raining so much that the damage that the invaders were going to do doesn't even do And usually it's more difficult to get to the highest tier of an innate. Yeah. I think because water is so easy to get, and you can get mountains, and so, I don't think this yeah. one is going to be hard to do. Nah. Yeah. Nah. I mean, like we said, if you're fully upgraded and you pick your second option, you get eight. So maybe water. not the strongest innates, but you could trigger they them can a be ton. We- they can be wielded to dangerous effects and combinations with other people. Because how much you can get your elements. Yep. So, so there you go. There is my, at a glance, half-hour glimpse at Downpour Drenches the World. My my top two, I don't think, are going to be that in-depth. Yeah. So. Well, you know me. I like to whinge. Sure, sure. But we I also went into Stone and Starlight when we yeah. first, because yep. you had them higher on your list. Yep. So. Alrighty. Well, there you go. My number two, Downpour Drenches the World. All right. Top two. Oh, boy. Well, I guess so you've done your two. I've done mine. So now I get to start mine. Okay. (laughs) Begins with an S. Starlight seeks its form. What? Stone is number one? I can't wait. What? I can't wait. You hate defending. Hang on, hang on. I'll get into it. Again, I like, I've discovered, I like peak. Peeking back the curtain of just, like, my personal style. Oh, my prediction was so wrong. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Each mm, one will make sense. I'm Each... a failure. No, you're not. Number two is not a bad thing. You love downpour. No, I know, I know. We just All talked right. for, like, 35 minutes on how cool yeah. downpour is, and yep. it's just so exciting. Two is not bad. Starlight, I'm sure if people have already listened, we went in depth on Starlight. Mm. The thing I like about this spirit so much is when you think about, like, video games, I really always took to RPGs. Okay. Role-playing game for yep. those who don't know or don't play video games. Yep. I liked Mass Effect, Skyrim, or even like Assassin's Creed where you get to like kind of build this character and grow and branch off into like what powers I'm going to like get better equipped at or oh, yeah. stronger at. Yep. It almost makes it your own. You're your own chef in the kitchen. And this guy... <laughs> is literally that. It's almost like it's a clean slate. We talked about the starting cards. They're all moon and they're kind of blah. I don't yeah. know. You almost like some of them you can just get rid of because you're probably yeah. not going to need them. Three of his cards, their very nature is to get rid of them. Right. But you gain something by getting rid of them. Oh, by yeah. I- yeah. Elements or energy. It gives you a bonus for doing so. I think this is Eric Royce at his peak. Really? Was designing this spirit. Really? Wow. Was so much thought and so much effort. And like you said, of just like this star coming into its form. What did they say in the description? Remember in the Kickstarter? They went into like the description. Every once and again, where starlight falls to ground, there arises a new spirit. Its essence is initially that of the stars and nighttime sky. But from the moment it touches the island, it begins to change, adapting and reimagining itself for its new home. Only a few of the island spirits came to be in this fashion, but many of them have been memorable. I mean, honestly, that's beautifully written, I think. Just yep. as a, like, it's just a description on a webpage, yep. but it's like almost poetry of just like, this is such a gorgeous artwork, gorgeous spirits, and unlimited potential. Yep. It is scary. It's hard to put a ceiling on this guy. That is kind of why number two. Yeah. It is almost terrifying, petrifying, paralyzing to like unlimited potential. But then you kind of pigeonhole yourself. Like I am going for these elements. What is that thing? Is it just called a star where you can kind of pick your elements? The slowly coalescing nature. Okay. Yep. The elements, his unique any element spots on his track where it's only any element 
But whatever you choose, you are stuck with permanently for the rest of the game. I think I would want to try a sun where you can just gain fear Ooh. every single turn. Would you do just all four existing? of them? Do oh, every single turn without having to do anything? Just and gain, gain fear. And it's four fear reclaimed too. Yeah. So, I mean, there's unlimited potential. I love the innate. Some of them are slow. Some of them are fast. You can be control. I can be whatever I want with yeah. this spirit. Yeah. Every single game is going to be different. Every single one. It continues to add to the replayability of Spirit Island, which is why I've not gotten bored of this yet, which is why me and my wife love it so much, is why we're talking about it on a podcast. As if this replayability factor of this game wasn't high enough. Wasn't high enough. In comes Starlight and just knocks down the door. Shatters everything yeah. you thought you knew. Because you're not going to, we said there is a potential, maybe you can do every single innate, but you probably are going to lean towards some of these innates than others oh yeah because so, of the elements i was asking you and the other listeners since you have four spots on your track on your tech trees that you can bind an element yeah. to where would you land on the ratios do you want to have it so you can do one of them every single time but other ones are harder to do or do like half and half too? I would do the first one. I think if there's something steady, kind of like how you play Fangs, you're always generating yeah. fear. If I could always defend somewhere, yeah, which is they're ravaging every turn. So your choice would be to bind all four of your coalescing nature spots on your tracks to a single element, which would allow you to trigger the innate associated with that element every single time. I would have to see how it played, but I think sure. I'm leaning that way of just but like... Just, yeah, you're leaning towards having them all be the same element so you can do that innate Every single time. If I can always generate one fear and do two damage with like fire, yeah. or I can always remove a blight, it's like you can always do something good. And right. then with card play, because oh, by the way, with the growth options, you can get so many different gain a power card right. or have an extra card play. So right. you can kind of disperse yourself that way as well. Imagine if you always did the plant element. Choose a spirit that gain a power card and you're playing with downpour. Oh, and what a combo. And you're funding him Ryan. to get stuff. So he's always getting power cards, miners probably. And he can just flip, 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 flip. I think the animal one is great. The wood oh, seeks you growth, humans that. seek freedom. I would. I would love that a lot. Where you're using Dahan to do damage and you're if pushing them. If you did them. that one, would you pick another move of presence growth option? Yeah. Because you always have one move of presence, yeah. which is range three, which is really good. But you would probably build And the them. range on Wood Seeks Growth is not a one. No, it's not. Mine says two. And I don't know if this is going to get nerfed. What's your say? That's true. It could get... We'll see. Th this is a beta version. This guy, I'm going to be looking at probably the second most with the differences between final and beta versions and how much they have or have not changed. And even the growth options, like that's going to be a tough mm -hmm. choice when you get to that. Right. Just like, what do I pick? Do I want to reclaim or do I want to gain energy? Do Dude. I want an extra card play? Do you think this will be too paralyzing? Do you think like... No, I don't think it'll be too paralyzing. I think for your first and second game, you're going to be confused, but then you're going to have it down and you're okay. going to know how it works. But just imagine if you did the fire one. Every single turn, you're doing a fear and two damage. Sure, it's two damage, but you can whack a mole towns every single turn. Better bit, than lightning. Bit, 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 bit. Just constantly flicking people off the board, constantly smacking people with damage. Oh. And so we were talking about when you're gaining power cards, you usually want something in your elements. But this yeah. one, you can just be like what the game needs. Like you yeah. were saying, we need defense or we pick up a card that is calling to the need of the game state. Yeah. And then you use those elements for whatever innate. If you had Shifting Memory play with this guy. Oh boy. And Starlight played Unlock the Gates of Deepest Power on himself, which gives him one of every element. Yeah. 
I want to see a game where wow, this where this Ryan, guy wow. hits all eight and eights. Wow. Could that be hard? Yeah. Could it be possible? Also, yes. I think it can. Elemental? Like, what's that one minor card? Elemental Boon. Elemental Boon. To help with where you're short on a few elements. And if you're choosing the tracks where plus oh card word. play this turn, I didn't even realize how big of a hand you can have eventually. Uh, one, know. two, is it six? You can, you can get... Oh, five. You can get five. Five. Okay. Yep. Still huge. And if there's elements on each one of those and you have the ones you can pick, it's so cool. No. So hype. So you can get five normally, just naturally, but then so long as you let's see one, two If you choose all the ones where you choose extra, all of them and you're fully upgraded. Yeah, okay, yeah, it is five. It is yep, five. It is five. Still very good. Yep. Especially where you can have elements, you can pick them on your track. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's going to be so fun. And imagine, like, that combo we just said, man, you're going to have to find Power Storm. You're going to have to find all those cards. All right, well, let's bring in Fractured Days. Hey, and, man. Oh, it's in the discard pile. Let me go find it. Flip, 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 flip. Got it. There it is. <laughs> now it's in the game. Another one where you can move presence a lot. I love being oh, mobile. I know. And you like your mobile guys. Yeah, there's these options. Again, like, the growth options this obviously guy, cover everything. This guy is so hilarious because on his summary of powers, that one image that we found, it's all question marks. Yeah. <laughs> do you think it will remain that way, honestly? How do you uh, decide? How do you de- His complexity is very high. Offense, question mark. Control, question mark. I hope they leave it that way. Fear, question mark. I hope they leave it. I honestly do. Because you well, never know. Well, it makes sense. You never know it who really you're going to decide. It really makes sense. Yeah. Because guess what? It all depends on where the player chooses to grow into. So <laughs> It's hard to talk about the spirit because there's so many different options. And oh, it's always, almost overwhelming. Please go and look at this player board, everyone. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You can just study it. Apply for a couple hours be like, wait, then I could do this. But if I did this, if I use this oh, growth option, insane. or if I like pegged um, <laughs> out against this, there's so many options. Take yeah, a look. It's I mean, so cool. Everyone's board in the game is oriented on a horizontal axis. Except this guy who's oriented on a vertical axis. It's nuts. It's just nuts. It's nuts. So, yeah, that is why number two, so cool, so many different options. Kind of terrifying, but that terrifying, it bleeds into excitement. It's terrifying in a way that you want to come back and experience it again. Yeah. And again. And I think this this is the epitome of Jagged Earth. Of just like, all right, so Branch of Claw was basically the expansion, but basically like should have been part of the base game. Yeah. Jagged Earth, like this is what this Jagged Earth is for the experienced player, ready for a new challenge. Yep. Couldn't agree more. That's my number two. And there you have it. There are our number Number twos. Downpour drenches the world, and Starlight seeks its form. Alrighty, and now, the moment you've been waiting for. (laughs) Number one! How disappointed are you that it's Stone's Unyielding Defiance? I find it funny how our number ones are completely against type. That's I true. love my defenders, you and, do. He, and here I have a mobile fear, fear causing damage person. Yes, and you love your mobile fear causing damage people, and you have a defender. At number one. Let me get into why. All right, so John, who is your number one? Stones unyielding defiance. There we go. Okay, and have a good day, folks. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's almost like the. What's that? Uh, it's it's oh, <laughs> I thought you were doing the uh, no. the Warner Brothers. That's all, folks. We're gonna get copyrighted. Hey, if it is a parody of a tune, you're fine. Okay, cover of it. It's not the initial thing. Thank you. Anyway, Stone. Yeah, Stone's unyielding defiance. Okay. 
I've never been one to jump into a deep end of a pool. Yeah. So when I see stone, moderate complexity, I yeah. see myself walking down the stairs into sure. the frigid waters yeah, of Jagged bad. Earth. That's not a plunge. It's they, not a plunge. They said they consider him the easiest guy from Looking at Jagged all the Jagged Earth. Earth players, it's almost overwhelming at times. Yeah. Yes, I am hyped, but I'm thinking about who I want to play first. Yeah. I kind of want to dip my toe in. Kind of figure out what Badlands are. Figure out new adversaries he uses Badlands. Right. I just kind of want to be like, ease myself into it. That's why Starlight was two. Because I'm like, at one point, Starlight was one. Yeah. But I'm like, is that too much too soon? Sure. Eyes bigger than my stomach. (laughs) So Stone is just like, we talked about Steady Eddie. Only mountain focus, basically. Pretty much. Earth Earth element. Yeah. Yeah, One, two, three, four, five, six. You can get six Earth in one turn. One thing that has been leading to my play style is... It's so funny. We haven't talked about Stone in a long time. He's number 10 for me. I know. I got upset. This is what I said. You weren't upset. You were just shocked. I was shocked. Remember, I said, like, how are we even friends? (laughs) And I know it was comedy, but still. I thought Stone was going to be higher. Yeah. I thought we'd be similar on that. That's so... That's why you're like, John, I don't have you pegged these top four. I was completely wrong. Your entire list of you. (laughs) I thought Stone would be in your top three. So getting back to why I want to play it, and you've probably been noticing this, as I've gotten more experience in Spirit Island, I like playing tougher, harder adversaries, more difficult. And with that comes more blight. And more sadism. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like the pain. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Where we have been using events, and we have been going against three, four, five, six difficulty adversaries. Yep. Or levels or whatever. Yep. And we have been, like, taking cards out of the invader deck. Or playing with a blight card. Yeah, making it smaller. Yep. So I like a challenge. I find that's why I like player versus player so much. Yep. So I like making this game as difficult as possible. Yep. With stone, I think that will be nice. Nice, because what is the one thing that spirits are afraid of? What destroys them? Blight. Yeah. Just blight. In all its forms. Destroys it. (laughs) So here's a person where I can feel easy going into my first game of Jagged Earth and feel like I don't have to worry about maybe losing because blight is almost a non-issue. Yeah. And I've heard the argument about Sweden where it double blights if it does so much damage. Right. But, I mean, a sacred site for him, if it double blights, he's still fine. Right, and they say on Sweden's card, the second Blight doesn't cascade. And doesn't cascade. Which is nice. One thing, we've been talking about the Spirit Spotlight videos that they put Mm -hmm. out, and because I was looking at his player card and on the Kickstarter page, one thing I noticed is that he has another special power that I didn't know about. Because we know about Bestow the Endurance of Bedrock, where Blight is added to your land. Unless it outnumbers your presence, it does not cascade or destroy. it's the thing that lets him ignore Blight. And for others, too, which I think is awesome. Yes. Huge. That's a boon in itself. It is. Where you can be with him and you don't have to be scared of Blight. So in the video, deep layers exposed to the surface was also included in his special rules. Mm -hmm. The first time you uncover each of your plus one card play spaces, gain a minor power, Mm. which is easier for him to gain cards. Because if you look at his growth options, it's not that easy to gain power cards. No, he only has one. But on his presence track, the top one, the energy presence track, he has three times where he can get additional card play. Additional card play in which each one that time he gets more minor powers, which I think was cool. It's just like one of those things I noticed, like you said in the final version of the video. I'm like, oh, this wasn't included in the Kickstarter page or like some of the other ones. This wasn't a thing on the beta version that we had. So I think we've already talked about the innates and just how I don't think damage, reflecting damage. You said it's almost like a wash where you pull it from the box. Yep. 
You have one of them I like, one of them I dislike. The one that you pull it from the box, love that one, but the one where you put it back to the box, not so much. So what that means is just do the first one, have someone else heal it. To have someone else heal it. So I and think then it's... you have the best of both worlds where you can actually increase your blight allowance threshold <laughs> where it's beyond yeah. two per player now. Then by the end of the game, how much do we start the game with? Uh, we had six blight on that card. We ended with eight. What? What? How? <laughs> we only had two per player. Well, I got Blade from the box, from the but box. then I healed it with Earth, or I healed it with, what's his face? Anyone, really. Yeah, anyone. Card you pick up. Right. But I think that's such a unique thing, just like the indifference to Blight. Yeah, that's it, so weird. I know Wildfire also has like similar right, things. But not but to this extent. Not to this extent. And I love the card plays where we talked about the Dahan cannot be changed. Stubborn solidity. You know I love my Dahan. I you love do. I love using Dahan. You do love your Dahan. And if I can protect them, and even if it blights, they can ravage back. That's yeah. awesome. Or I want to know about the Badlands. So this is like not as much as Lure, but there's a card that adds Badlands. And there's I, two cards that there's add two of them. Badlands. And you can do two damage. And since Dahan are invincible when you play that card, you're fine. But yeah. you can only do that in one land, though. Right. Which is so fine. So Dahan are going to get slaughtered everywhere else. But, but you can save them in one yep. of the lands. Yep. I love the whole, like, very focused earth elements. Oh, yeah. Every single elements. one of his cards, literally every single one gets I you. like that. Yeah. It's, I think it's going to be an easy transition. I'm excited to play a difficult game because mm-hmm. I don't want it to be too easy. So I think right. this allows for the game to go on longer. It's funny in the video, they say it's in the Spirit Spotlight video. They talk mm-hmm. about it's going to be strange. The island's going to look blighted. It will. But if you're pulling it from the box, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's just going to be very strange how you can, A, survive and kind of, okay, I can get used to this. Yeah. And the moment that one thing happens that isn't perfectly covered, and (laughs) (laughs) So, right. With any spirit, there has to be, you know, balances to it. Yep. So, I think back to the box is a balance. I think, like you said, you got to walk that line. With any spirit, you got to walk a line. you You can't make it too easy where this person just doesn't die. The way I look at it with him putting more blight on the board that is from the box, you are still reaching the end game as far as lose conditions just as fast. It's just you're not suffering the negative consequences of that lose condition along the way. Because the moment that one outnumbers your presence, that one cascaded to another one that cascades, another one cascades, and in one turn... Okay, Blight hasn't been an issue for us for like four turns. And then in one turn, we Blighted nine times. Because one was placed that Cascade right. eight times. So it may be that in a normal game, all along the way, that Blight was hurting you and you only had five turns to go. And here, you still had five turns to go. It's still just, in this case, you weren't suffering the negative status effects of it until that fifth turn where you couldn't cover it all. Point being, this guy extends the safety boundary of you had with Blight. Yeah. So I don't think that he can indefinitely keep the game going because that special rule of him, bestow the endurance of bedrock, only works so long as you outnumber the Blight that's coming, or equal to it. But not if it outnumbers you, then... then Counter-argument, though. If you are not feeling those effects in mid-game, like you were saying, and Mm -hmm. you're scared about, like, that one turn... No, that's huge. Because then that allows other people to still stay undamaged, undamaged and their effectiveness stays unhindered. Yep. To not have to yep. worry about something, to not yep. have to backtrack. So by the time the end game, where maybe they're, you know, ravaging in two lands and it's just maybe more out of control. Not, just do not have poor fangs or keeper. Right. I and again <laughs> those poor guys will be like, ah I'm not saying he combos the best it's with so everyone. Much blood. 
I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, I know. I was just. So I think that's really cool. Is like it during is really the cool. early and middle game, you can let people kind of not be afraid of blight. So by the sure. time it's end game, hopefully you're leveled up enough to destroy off the invaders. Yeah. That is, you know, dream scenario. Yep. I like the growth options because every single one gets you presents. Gets you to add. He's a presents. rock guy. That's what rock people do. It's what rock people do. Slow and steady, but at least every single time. What do you you're... mean, you rock people? What do you mean? Just kidding. But I know he doesn't have a double present placement. Right. But every it's single like the time. Tortoise and the hare. I like Earth. Yeah. I'm still just thinking about how poetically ironic and yet somehow fitting still who our number ones are. It's very interesting to me Our number ones are people that are completely against form for us. It is. And maybe because we're just excited you like to fa- do something different. You like fast, mobile, fear-causing yeah, I love attackers slash controllers. I like slow, powerful defenders who prevent stuff. Yeah. And yet, the guy who I want to play as the most is very mobile, fear-causing, controlling attacker. I think we're excited to play someone different. Who Maybe. And I think both of those put everything on its head when it comes to mobile attackers miss is completely different than any other attacker where things don't heal yeah he's a completely different defender where he just doesn't yeah. care he just doesn't care about the negative he really doesn't have like any defend cards no he, he doesn't just, his indifference yeah is his on- defense the only thing he has that's a bona fide defense is stubborn solidity in the fact that Dahan don't just die. Don't but that's only for Dahan. That's not for the land. Well, I take it back. You do get defend one per Dahan there. The innate power let them break themselves against stone. stone. I think is one of the coolest innates we've talked about. Reflecting the damage. Some of yep. the combos of just like it starts off, you know, weaker as all innates yep. do. But yep. if you can repeat this power and just take on the damage and get only one blight from England, yeah. and then shoot it all back at them, that's Dude. a game changer. I can't wait and to utilize that. What if Finder congregates a bunch of people yeah. into one spot, then you throw stone in there, and immediately he reflects it all back at them. Wiped it out. You're just like throwing this guy. Finder doesn't have to lose a presence for yeah. doing it because he did no damage. Right. It's like Aragorn throwing Gimli on Helm's Deep onto the <laughs> yes. bridge. It's a perfect Our combo. third Lord of the Rings reference. <laughs> Finder just picks up. Not the beard! Just throws <laughs> stones and yielding defiance in there oh, and then immediately amazing. gets in there, reflect all the damage. So, oh no, they have 10 cities and, you know, a slew of other people. They're doing 42 damage, hypothetically. Get in there, reflect that 42 damage right back at right them. Right back at Dead, them. Like... Completely wiped out. <laughs> so and, you know, you look at the highest level of nature, like, oh, you'll never reach that in game. It's seven stone yeah, or earth. Yeah, this and... is not a common thing. But... Look at all the earth stone elements you get in your track. And then all your cards. And literally every one of your cards. Now, he has two card play for a long time. Yes. Then you get a (laughs) third pretty decently. It is pretty methodical. It's a methodical. Yeah, but... but, As you said, a lot of earth spirits are. Yep. With your element track, which some people call a card play track. Yeah. um, (laughs) If you go earth elements, you're going to have two. And then you can quickly get a third by going up top. Yep. And grabbing that one. So realistically, you're going to have three energy, three card play for a while. For a bit. For a bit. And then you can... But all spirits get strong. I think you can tap out the repeat this power, like, you know, two-thirds into the game. Yep. Oh, let's not forget. Look at his fourth... Look at his fourth card play one. It's an earth element as well as 
any other element. Yep. So you can just make that one Earth if you want. Yeah, just stack. I was about to say, you probably would. It. I'm surprised they let you choose any. Maybe one or, of the suns. Or make that one a sun. Because yeah. stubborn solidity is the only way for you to get sun besides you, you, that. You yeah. get a reclaim in one, like reclaim yes. one, which yeah. is always good. That's I love huge. seeing that. So it's like, That's I can just huge. keep reclaiming one card that I picked up that and I love. And his free card is, ah, Jagged Shard's Push from the Earth. That's your Badlands mm -hmm. adding token. Oh, by the way, if you did the reflect damage and you had Badlands With bad tokens lands, there, wow, it just wipe them insane. out. So you can get up to nine energy if you do the growth option yep. with is tapped out six. So it's like I see him very strong, uh, powerful six, and then plus I have plus three, seven, eight, nine. It's actually ten. <gasps> Look at your third card play. Oh, you're right. Plus an Earth element yep. and plus an energy. So I mean. This guy yeah. could get pretty strong. Pretty oh, high yeah. card play, even though it doesn't look like it, if you're maxed out. 10 energy, 5 card play is nothing to sneeze at. So, it's exciting. That's the extremes that Starlight can reach if only he focuses on one of those. 5 card right. play or 10 energy. This guy can get both. Both. So, <laughs> I think, like we said, this puts defense yep. on its head. A different style. I'm like, this is interesting to me. Yeah. I want to ease myself into Jagged Earth. This is, I think, a beginner-friendly to this new expansion yeah. where it's not very high complexity. It's just yep. like, I know I'm going to go after these cards when I'm going in for those minor cards. Yep. I know which element I'm looking for. I saw a debate between people on BGG on whether or not this guy actually is or isn't beginner-friendly. And I think I agree with what their final conclusion on that thread was. They said he is beginner-friendly, but he's beginner friendly with a veteran playing this guy while the newbie is playing someone else. Okay. Because that game will be more beginner friendly mm -hmm. because of Stone. Not Stone is the character that's beginner friendly for the new player no. to play as. The game will be better as a result of Stones and Yielding Defiance being in that game for the new player. That is what the guy in the comment right. thread And that, that makes sense. I saying. think as a player who has played a bunch, I see this as an easier spirit for yep. me. So I think it'll yep, be a nice... They, li they list him as a moderate. Yeah. I think it'll be a nice transition into Jagged Earth. Yep. This so. is our fourth defender, but our second counterattacking defender. Yeah, I like the counterattack. Because like Keeper, the Keeper is a offense and defense guy. That's actually quite rare to have someone who's both offense and yeah. defense. Serpent can do that with ease. Keeper does it already, and this guy now does offense and defense. I like the energy track where, like you said, you're getting something new every time. Mm -hmm. Either a higher value of energy or you're getting an additional card play. Yep. So I like that. I might focus on that. Yep. And then also you want those elements too. So it's just like they're both good. The bottom one, you just end up getting a lot of <laughs> elements. But that's fine. It's what yep. he is. It's what he needs to be. Yep. So that's my number one, right? There you go. Your number one stone's unyielding defiance. Now, time to close this all out and... What a journey. What a journey. As the sunset nears the horizon on our hike list, my number one, my most anticipated guy and who I really think will be my favorite, Shroud of Silent Mist. Ooh. This guy we briefly spoke of a bit when you talked about him. Right off the bat, the biggest reason why this guy for me is my most anticipated is with his similarity to green. Mm. I think this guy has a lot of similarity to green. And a lot of that could have been identified if you were observant enough with my descriptions of downpour. 
So this guy has terrible energy gain and high card play. So I'm already in line. <laughs> if you look at this guy, when fully maxed out, he gets two energy, five card play. What is green? Three energy, four card play. But green has a growth option where he can boost it by one. So it's three, five. So three, five versus two, five. That is really similar. It is. Furthermore, this guy has a lot of innates and passives that help him with that. I'm guessing that just like green, this guy is going to have a hand of cards that is pretty cheap. Maybe a zero, maybe some ones, maybe a two, because that's what green has. Green has zeros, ones, and twos in there in his hand. And I'm willing to bet that this guy will have some as well. No, I don't have his cards. I'm so excited to see what they are. But this guy can go and gain energy based on sapping the invaders that he is hurting. So long as there is a wounded invader in a land that he is in, he gets both fear and energy from them. This guy, for multiple reasons, is a combination spirit. In my opinion, this guy is a combination of shadow and flame and river, Mm. with a little bit of ocean in there as well. So river, this guy has river's control and mobility, but he also has shadow's fear gain and anti-explorer proficiencies. Furthermore, he has Ocean's vampiric nature Mm. of sapping fear and energy from invaders. Ocean can drown people and can cause fear. When he causes fear, he can do that from his innates, and he is using the waves to crash up against the shore. And when he is drowning people, he literally gains energy when they drown. This guy, he hurts people and gains energy as a result of people being wounded who can't heal within his lands. And he can also cause fear to anyone who's currently wounded but isn't dead yet. And that way, I think he's a lot like Ocean. But this guy is ridiculously <laughs> controlly. So much. Oh my goodness. Mists, shift and flow in tandem with Lost in the Swirling Haze makes this guy so ridiculously controlly. And I will get in depth with what they do in a minute. But needless to say that River also is ridiculously mobile. And just like how Shadows is really good against Explorers, so is this guy. Because he does one damage in a variety of ways. He can get access to small amounts of damage really easily. Furthermore, he can manipulate Explorers really easily. With his Lost in the Swirling Haze, he can move to Han or Explorers. Not towns or cities, just Explorers. So he already is really anti-Explorer, but he's also anti-building in the fact that, oh, he can prevent people from healing. Well, who would heal? Not explorers. They only have one health anyway. Buildings heal. That's the big one. So he's already anti-building in that regard. So he is a mechanical combination of river and shadow because of river's control and mobility and shadow's fear gain and anti-explorer tendencies. But he is thematically like river and shadows and flame. Why? Because what happens when you throw water and fire together? Mist. Steam. Mist. That's what you get. And that's what this guy is. Now, I know that this guy originally was a plague spirit. Vengeance as a burning plague and Shroud of Silent Mist were actually combined as one. And they had attributes that both of these guys could do in one spirit. And since he could do them all, it was really strange because he felt like he was being pulled in so many directions. 
And so they split him up and the disease portion of him became Vengeance is a Burning Plague and the fear mist part of him became Shroud of Silent Mist. And, and hey, I think it gave us more spirits. It so. gave us more spirits and I think it adequately, more efficiently is represented by two spirits doing these individual strategies as opposed to just one guy. So I definitely agree with it. So let's get into what this guy can do as far as my earlier comment with his ridiculous mobility. Nobody is as mobile as this guy. Mists shift and flow. When targeting a land, you may gather one of your presence into target land or adjacent land. This can let you meet range or targeting requirements. So if you have something that's range zero and you're right next to it, you can go right on in there and now it's legal. Every single time you target a land. It doesn't say every time you target a land with an innate or with a card. It's every time you do it. When targeting a land. When targeting a land, you can move. That is huge. Guys, this means that you can go and in the fast phase, get out of dodge when they're about to do a lot of damage. Bad guys do damage. They blight. You are fine. You got out of there. Cast a slow power. Get back in there. Oh, and by the way, since you didn't end the turn by the time they healed, even though you left, you came back before they can heal. They they still don't heal. You milk them for fear and energy. Oh my goodness. The most mobile spirits. Every single time you cast a power that targets a land. Every time you target a land. You can move. You can move. That is insane. Absolutely insane. This means that you can cast a power on a land for no purpose of actually using the card on that land. Exclusively so that you can just move a presence. Here is a card that's zero cost and it targets a land. I don't even care what it does. I can cast a power on a land and completely waste this card for its actual printed effect but use it just so that I can move with it. And then gain its elements. And then gain its elements. That is insane. It is. You know, everyone in this game, multiple spirits can use cards in different ways, where this guy over here can change the speed of a card. This guy can change the range of a card. This guy can change the kind of land it needs to go in. This guy, Shroud of Silent Mist, can change the land for its functionality. I can move with a card. You know how many minds can use a beast spawning card as if it was a mm. presence spawning card? Because he can change beast tokens into presence. So when you add a beast, you can, in effect, make that into a presence. Mm-hmm. This guy can do the same. Only whenever you target a land, you can just uh, go along with it. So what if you targeted one land, then you target another one, and another one, and another one? You're moving. You can just stack and move yourself across the island. It's like a domino effect. It's a domino effect that you can just cascade yourself. Mm. That is so awesome. So I don't care that this guy, both of his innates are range zero. Because it's basically plus one. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. That doesn't phase me at all. Which is just absolutely insane. I mean, this mobility is unprecedented. Not even Finder moves this much. No. And And that's saying something. Yeah. So I said that this guy's ridiculously mobile, and I told you that Mist's Shift and Flow combos so great with Lost in the Swirling Haze. I told you what Mist's Shift and Flow does, so let's go talk about Lost in the Swirling Haze. You can push up to a lot of Dahan and a lot of Explorers based on the levels of this ability, level 1, 2, or 3. Level 1 is you can push up to 1 Dahan. Level 2 is 2 Explorers or 2 Dahan. And level 3 is push 2 more Dahan or 2 more Explorers. So whether it's Explorers or Dahan, you're moving a bunch of people with you. Now, this is an innate power, so you can only do this once. But still, there's a lot of people that you are constantly from turn to turn, along with the fact that you can go and move so easily. 
you can just bring people along with you. Like, whoop, here, you're coming with me, buddy. Here, you're coming with me, buddy. Here, you're coming with me, buddy. It makes oh. so much sense, too, that it's a slow. So after they do their power and they explore somewhere, oh, right. just push them. They, now they don't build. Right. And so think about a turn ahead where Dahan are about to get wrecked. Don't worry, buddy. I got you. Push them. Get them out of there. Get them out of there. And the next turn, hey, buddy, let's get back in there. Let's do some damage. Push Come em. with me. And you can go in there and get the Dahan back where they need to go. Just like Downpour, this guy has three growth options. His first one is Reclaim. His second one gives two presents, and his third one gives you a presence. Love the double presence. The double presence, this guy is the exact same, just with different numeric values with Downpour. And so one thing that's thematically so awesome is you can only place your presence where you already are, which means that your mist, your clouds of mist, is just billowing upon itself, increasing in density. Or you can only add it to a mountain or wetland where the condensation will be at its highest, at its thickest, and like the vapors are coming off of either the water or the mountains, which is just so thematic. But because you're so mobile, it doesn't really matter. Right. (laughs) And so, oh yeah, there's a mountain and a wetland somewhere. I guess I can only go there, yeah. I'll just move over there. Yoink. And you're there. Oh, man. And who knows? He might even have more mobility on his cards. cards. Furthermore, his second card play option lets him move a presence anyway. And this guy gets Reclaim 1 on his tracks. Love the Reclaims. I love having a Reclaim. I'm not used to someone that has move 1 presence, but that's something I could totally get used to. I really think this guy is going to be very much like Rampant Green because Rampant Green causes fear. Rampant Green has very interesting things he can do with his presence because he can get it back. And since he's always, always putting one on a jungle or a wetland, this guy is always moving his presence. That's his thing that he's always doing. He's always moving it around. But they both are characters with terrible energy gain but high card play. These are characters who have their fingers in many pies who can go everywhere and do a little bit in many places. And that is the number one reason why I think I'm going to love this guy. Because my favorite character in this game is a character that does a little in a lot of places. That is my current favorite with Rampant Green, and I think this guy is just the same. He can do probably a little bit in a lot of places. And what a combo where Green can like kind of chip away at buildings and miss prevents healing. What so, a combo that's going to be. Another reason why this guy is very similar to Green, I think this guy has ridiculously good combo potential with other spirits. More than you might think. Who? Let's get into it. <laughs> so with Green who nickels and dimes buildings with just one damage here and just repeats that power over and over again because of Creeper's Terror in the Mortar. Mm-hmm. It does terrible damage, but you can repeat it, but it can only be done against buildings. I can do one damage, but I can only do it against buildings? Oops. Ah. Well, guess what? This guy can let you save the damage on buildings so that green is a lot better with his anti-building damage that's very weak. Mm-hmm. Anyone who can gather explorers is going to make lightning really good. Because Raging Storm is a hard card to use when you are playing lightning solo. But if you have someone who can gather explorers for you so that Raging Storm is a lot more efficient, that you can just eradicate a big group of explorers and one big use of Raging Storm, that is super nice. Or finish off buildings. Or finish off buildings. If they've been chipped away. Right. Downpour, I think this guy is going to combo fantastically with. Because Downpour can help this guy keep up with mobility. Let's both fly over there really quick and get there. Both of them can do it. And then Downpour can make that spot 
lower health for you. Mm. And even if he doesn't, because that ability of downpours is very expensive with elements, he can at least get you defense, which this guy doesn't have anything of on his board. I doubt he's going to have, I don't think his cards are going to have Doesn't make a lot of sense with his lore. I don't think it would. But downpour and this guy can tandem an area. They both do low damage, but this guy can hold on to that damage that is done so that it's better. Then anyone who just does a small amount of damage, this guy's going to like. Shadows just got a little bit better. I already said green got a little bit better. Fangs, I think, got a lot better with this guy. Because Fangs is ridiculously mobile, but doesn't do a lot of damage. Enter this guy. Mm -hmm. Many Minds is going to love him. Because he doesn't have to pull as many beast tokens to kill him. And Many Minds can get access to defense really easily. Which this guy could use very nicely. But there is one combo... That is still, in my opinion, even better than all of those. Really? Shroud of Silent Mist with Bringer of Dreams and Nightmares. Uh... Why? Because whenever Bringer of Dreams and Nightmares would kill somebody, you move them instead. Push. What if that health was one for a city? You only need to do one fear for a city as Nightmare. That's five. And that's five fear. One damage. Usually you have to do three damage with him. But his health went down. Now it's one. One. You could just spam fear. If you keep someone alive as mist with one health, Bringer of Dreams and Nightmares can terrify that guy. Because instead of doing three damage, which equates to five fear, it's one damage that equates to five fear. And then fear. it's not even destroyed. So Mist gains fear by, the way, by time passing and it not being healed. Mist has no penalty from throwing someone into the drink if Ocean's on there. Mm. Just explores right this way, sir. Push him. Blip, blip. And if you have Shroud of Silent Mist improving the exchange rate of damage to fear that Bringer of Dreams and Nightmares has, oh my goodness, Bringer of Dreams and Nightmares just got so much better if this guy is making his exchange rate better. I didn't think about that at first because I was like, oh, whenever he would deal damage to buildings, instead of destroying them, he makes them scared and moves them. Well, that's two for towns and three for cities. Yeah, because the health. What if downpour makes it one? What if they're both here doing that? That would be a quick game with a fear victory. Right. So what if you had downpour, mist, nightmare, and ocean? There's so much fear. Downpour and mist are already anti-building, which is something that dreams and nightmares has problems with. But they're also making dreams and nightmares exchange rate for the fear on buildings easier. Wow. So then have Mist and Nightmare focus on the explorers and towns, have Downpour and Mist focus on the cities, all the while each of them are doing their part to chauffeur invaders to the coast so that they can get shoved into the drink. Where Ocean is waiting for them to just immediately eat them. So many cool combos. So I think that Mist and Nightmares is going to be fantastic. I'm super curious if this guy has a boon or if this guy has a gift ability. Most do. Most people do. And if they don't, then they have some other card that's like, what? But if he did, what would it be? Hmm. Would it be, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to make a ridiculously awesome sounding guess only to have my hopes and dreams shattered because, man, I was really hoping he Because had a card he's so like mobile, that. maybe he can allow someone else to be mobile, but Finder kind of already does that. Right. Can he make someone else not heal damage? I'm just so curious. I think it's very interesting that my number one most anticipated guy is someone who I have no idea what his cards are. Yeah. I'm surprised. <laughs> no, I don't know. 
So I haven't even talked about his other three things. Two special rules. I did. I know you did. But gather power from the cool and dark. Once a turn, whenever you gain a power that doesn't have a fire element, you gain one energy. Makes so much sense with it. It makes so much sense because this guy is slow, cold, and dark. And fire is fast, hot, and bright, which is the exact opposite of that. This guy is air, water, moon, and fires, everything but that. It just further cements the theme that this guy is just very cool. Yeah. Very slow. It's like the angel of death in Egypt. I was about to say, it's eerie. It's eerie. It's creepy. I love it. Uh, Obviously, that's why fear generation is easy for And then slow and silent death. Two things. Humans don't heal. Now, that does go against Dahan, but guess what? You can go and move Dahan away and you can stay with the invaders. I'm going to go and separate the Dahan because I want my Dahan bros to heal. I'm going to push them to safety and I'm going to go and chill with the invaders so that they don't heal while my Dahan buddies can heal. Hey, Dahan buddies, are you good? Come back. Come on back. I'll bring you in. You can't heal because you're with me, but hey, you're at full now. So go ham. It's like resting a turn. Right. Then during time passes, you get one fear to a maximum of five per land of yours that has wounded invaders in it. Furthermore, you gain energy with no limit for every three lands of yours that have wounded invaders in it. Once again, this guy gives you choices. Would you rather have a clear board or would you want to play it risky and have a lot of bad guys on the field? On one hand, more bad guys on the field is uh, populated board. But more fear. But that gives you more energy And and more fear. Or, if you want to play it safe, that's fine. I respect that. Clear board that's more open. Sure, you might not have more energy on the board, or you might not have as much energy for yourself, but having a clear board can help your friends in a lot of various ways. What if you had a clear board so that finally Keeper has a less hard time trying to keep his lands clear? Mm -hmm. Or Blighting, because he hates Blight. I'm just saying this guy has choices, and I really like that. And I want to see a team with Vengeance and then also Stone, because Vengeance can allow something to build, get fear from that. This thing does damage, and then during a Ravage, Stone's is like, whatever, don't care. That'd be a fun team. What I really like is with the fact that humans don't heal, it's not people that he hurt. It's just people who are hurt Mm -hmm. if you do damage and it's not enough to finish them off well hey let me get in there really quick and hold on to it for you not i'm the one who has to tick away tick away a little bit but you have an innate that allows you to tick i know but the cool thing is it's team helpful because oh man i almost have enough don't worry i'm not the one who did the damage but i'll save your damage for you hey man i was playing as earth i did defense and the dahan didn't really do a whole lot and they almost got rid of a city that's fine Get rid of the explorers instead, and I'll hold that progress. Mm-hmm. Your Dahan are still fine. They still have full health, and that city is almost gone. I can move in there really quick because my guy is ridiculously mobile. Play a slow power. Yeah, sure, I'll just go in there. Yeah. And there I am. I think that's really cool. And then Suffocating Shroud, in a land that you are in, one damage. Then, for every adjacent land that has your presence, one damage to a different invader. That one is going to be his explorer killer. Yeah. Right there. Wipe him out. Because you want to save damage on buildings. That one, the level two, I would save for explorers. Just pick him off. Pick him off. Pick him off. Level three, plus one damage. And then his last one, level four, one damage to each invader. This one pairs so well with that one card that Downpour Drenches the World has that is called Foundation Sink into Mud, which is if target land is wetland, you may instead deal one damage to every building. That one pairs so well with this one because not only is it one damage being dealt by Downpour, who can probably repeat that card, but you are also doing one damage to everyone. 
Furthermore, level two and level four of this ability are your really good explorer killing powers with this innate one, because I still have no idea what his powers are. Yeah. So I cannot wait for this guy. I'm guessing that this guy I'm going to like because he has similarities to Green. When I first played this game, I did not think that Green was going to be my favorite guy. The reason why I like Green isn't because me in real life has some sort of favoritism or kinship towards plants or whatever. It's due to the stats that this guy yields. Look at his work. His results speak for themselves. When I looked at Spirit Island, I saw serpents that were made of rock. I saw stags that were made of fire. I saw the ocean. I saw rock giants. I thought those would be the powerful, strong people I would like. But it's the little bush. (laughs) It's the bush that made me go, yes! And so this guy, at first, he looks kind of unassuming. Because look at Jagged Earth. We have a dragon spirit that looks like a lizard with, like, poison dripping off his face. Volcano We have a volcanic panther that's vomiting molten rock on people. That is so cool. Stone. I love stones. It's like pounding his fist. We have a geodude that's just (laughs) mashing everything. We have a spirit. shall not... Ah! Our fourth Lord of the Rings. <laughs> we have a guy who is a interdimensional portal spawning character. We have a time spirit that looks like a broken glass mirror. We have all these massive cosmic things. What about things. a cloud? Oh, we have we have a, we have a cloud. <laughs> and yet, I think that this guy might be my favorite because I once looked at Green that way, but then Green made me love him with mm. his style. And this guy, in my opinion, reminds me of Green, and that is why I think I'm going to love this guy. So, in conclusion, I think there's so many different cool combos that I cannot wait to try for Jagged Earth. I'm so excited for this expansion. For so many reasons. Guys, you know that once we get this, we're going to do a game, do a podcast about that game. Do another game, do a podcast about that game. Do this one, do this one. You're going to hear our excitement level spike once again. It's going to be great. I'm so excited for Jagged Earth. I cannot wait. We're about a month and a half away-ish, and I'm just, oh, oh, I cannot wait. Me too. And so, thus ends the hype list. Hype list. Yeah, so there Ups it is. Ups and downs. Talk about twists. level one Shroud of Silent Mist. Things I never saw coming. Your level one Stone's Unyielding Defiance. My level one Shroud of Silent Mist. So, in conclusion... The order of which I will play people, Shroud of Silent Mist first, Downpour second, Lure third, Vengeance fourth, Fractured Days five, Starlight six, Many Minds seven, Volcano eight, Finder nine, Stone ten, Trickster eleven, and Memory twelve. Yeah, 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 but what about mine? (laughs) You are playing Stone first, Starlight second, Downpour third, Silent Mist 4th, Fractured Days 5th, Vengeance 6th, Many Minds 7th, Grinning Trickster 8th, Lure 9th, Volcano 10th, Shifting 11th, and Finder, your love, you will get back to him. Poor Finder, it'll take some time. So... What do they say? Absence makes the heart grow grow fonder. Yep. I only love you more. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, this is easily our longest episode yet, but it was the one that I was looking forward to the most with the one I was the most passionate about. Most excited and for. And it's the one I was looking forward to the most. I cannot wait to hear about your hype lists, and thank you so much for putting up with us for so long. 
Until next time, our next topic, we will be discussing the fun mistakes we've made in the past with this game, house rules that we like to play with, and how we, in our opinion, think is the best way to teach Spirit Island better, more efficiently, make the game better more understandable and easier for beginners because we want more people to play it we want to spread this game out spread the word we love this game so our next topics will be those ones so until next time this has been such a joy play spirit on more often talk to us in the comments and i can't wait to see you guys next time take care bye y'all Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kindred Spirit Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. Feel free to visit us on our Instagram and Facebook page. You can find me on our Facebook page at the Kindred Spirit Podcast. To get a hold of John, check out our Instagram page at the KSP123. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you in future episodes.